2: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Over on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim
1: Donnelly. Caitlin keeping us back up and running at the station. To keep you updated, it is halftime in that Big 12 championship game. Kansas State with a 14-10 lead over TCU. So TCU is going to have to make something happen in that second half if they want to cement their place in the college football playoff. Uh, before we get back to the call-in line, which is open, 1-800-636-1067, I want to keep talking about Terry McLaurin um, and, and my extremely high expectations for him, but I feel like extremely high expectations are required of extremely high-level players like him. Before we get there, uh, I just want to point out the, the impact on the, on the division of this Washington Giants game that's going to happen tomorrow. If the Commanders win on Sunday, that's tomorrow, against the Giants, they will climb out of last place in the NFC East for the first time in literal months. That, that's big for a few reasons. Uh, but but let's, get the, let's get the background set up even further. After week two, right? Because Washington actually won week one. I don't know if people remember this. That's that that game week one was the golden era of the Carson Wentz era, or the golden time of the Carson Wentz era. They they won week one through two fourth quarter touchdown passes. It was it was a it was a whole thing. Uh, but after week two, in which they lost, Washington shared last place in the division with Dallas. By week three, at the end of week three, Washington was in sole possession of last place in the NFC East, and it's been that way ever since. They, they've just, you know, partially because uh, the Eagles are playing so well. The Cowboys went on that little run with Cooper Rush, and the Giants surprised everybody on their way to being seven and two before a, a late season falter or a mid season falter. Uh, Washington was in sole possession of last place for that entire time. That's ten weeks. That's ten weeks. That's a lot, okay? That's a long time. And if you're not super-duper cautious, you can get comfortable there, right? If you're in last place for 9, 10 weeks, it it is easy, easy to get comfy. And comfortability, comfort is the worst thing possible in that situation. And luckily, or or I, mean, I don't even want to say luckily. I don't want to say luck's involved because it's happened too many times now. Another mid-season turnaround by Ron Rivera and Washington. It's become an every-year thing for Ron Rivera. The team starts slow. Something clicks. <whistles> rocket ship <whistles> was what that was supposed to be. Rocket ship. Right. They 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 they, whether it's Alex Smith, whether it's Heineke, whether it's it's somebody else stepping up, whether it's a a rededication to the the run, something happens, something clicks, boom, rocket ship. But the 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 midseason turnarounds are awesome for a few reasons. One, uh, it gives everyone something to be very excited about, but they don't actually drive momentum into the next year which is, is surprising, right? It's kind of commonplace. It's, it's what we think of that if you end the season or, or you turn a season around, the next season is the one that's, that's gasoline on the fire, right? Well, we, if we can carry this into next year. But as we've seen, every single year they need the midseason turnaround, which means the beginning of the following season isn't that great. So, so this only matters if you make noise this year. Whatever it is about this program, it doesn't carry over. Whatever it is about this franchise, it doesn't carry over. So, so making this run, six out of seven, right? This magical Taylor Heineke comes in. The defense starts playing better. Offensive line picks it up. Brian Robinson gets things going. This whole turnaround only matters if you make noise this year because I'm not confident that next year you'll start off on a better note because of it. So... I need you to go chase down the playoffs. And it is, I'm not going to say impossible because anything's possible, but it is much more difficult to make the playoffs if you're fourth best in your division because that means all four would have to make the playoffs. Now, with the extra playoff team that was added a couple seasons ago, it is possible. But if you get ahead of the Giants, I love your chances. And if you get ahead of the Giants and start chasing down the Cowboys, I really love your chances. And tomorrow can do that. For the first time since week two, when you shared last place in the division with Dallas after week two, you could be out of the, the sole possession of last place. That's big for for a lot of reasons. It makes you feel like your turnaround is, is tangible. You can feel it. It'll give energy and juice to the locker room. It'll It'll set yourself up for the next couple of big games. Again, you get a bye week, and then you get the Giants again. There's so much mentally involved in just getting out of last place. Right, it's a mini goal. I call them mini goals. Right, and in it's the same thing. If you're down like 17 in a game, right, there is no 17 point play or 18 point play to take the lead. If you're down 17 in a game, mini goal. All right, let's cut it to to you know one score, and then once you get to one score, you celebrate. All right, let's get it tied up. Then once you get it tied up, or let's take the lead. Okay, let's build the lead. There's these little mini goals along the way that you can you can chase down. Sometimes if an offense is really playing poorly and you're down 17, the mini goals become tiny goals. It's like, all right, let's get a first down. You get a first down, all right, cool. Let's get into the red zone. Let's get into field goal range, right? You can really break it down. So Washington, when you find yourself down by as much as they were down in the division, I'm sure they set mini goals, one of which being get out of last place. You win this week, you're out of last place. No pressure, Right? Going into the bye week, you'd be, what is seven out of eight. You'd be at of last place in the division. You'd be lining up everything for your stretch run. No pressure. None at all. Let's go to the call-in line. We were talking about Terry McLaurin earlier today. I had the uh, uh, the unmitigated gall. I had the, the intestinal fortitude to ask the best player, who I think is the best player, on the Washington offense to do more. I want Terry McLaurin to be more special. And uh, many of you have either agreed or disagreed with that. James in D.C. is on the call in line. You can call in as well. 1-800-636-1067. James, what do you have to say about Terry McLaurin? James, are you there? Yes, can you hear me? Uh, we got you now, James. Go ahead with your Terry comment. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, we, we, we got you, James. Go ahead. Okay, just want to make sure you hear me. Yeah,
3: I, I hear what you're saying and, and, and I understand what you're saying, but what I think is that your the way you uh you know laid it out is somewhat unrealistic. And the reason I say that it's unrealistic, this is mm-hmm. my support for what I'm saying. I could see if Terry was being thrown the ball, you know, more and he would miss Uh, opportunities. Uh, He would drop passes, uh, but he has done none of that. In fact, he's done just the opposite. (laughs) He's caught passes that he shouldn't have even caught because they was too high, too low, too short. And the other thing is, and you said it, and it's absolutely true, it has to be more of Scott Turner, more of Taylor Heineke, because he can't throw the ball to himself. And, and and I believe that he has done above and beyond all that has been given him to do. And he cannot put the ball in his own hand. So that's why I think it's a little bit unrealistic because he's done above and beyond what his capability is. But if we ever get a quarterback like some of those other quarterbacks, mm-hmm. I believe what you're saying, we'll see.
1: I, I appreciate the call. And actually... I think I think we're on opposite sides in agreement, though. Like the, the 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 fact that he's making those catches that you're mentioning, right? The fact that he's making catches where the ball isn't accurate or that he is defended. I think he's one of the best contested catch guys in the league, and that's just coming off the eye test. I haven't looked at the next gen stats, but part that's part of the reason why it's like, oh, if you're if you're making catches when covered, if you're making catches when when uh, the ball isn't accurate, then. The accuracy of your quarterback should matter less. Does that is that a chicken or the egg situation, right? If if you're making catches when you're covered, then the offensive coordinator might not need to scheme you open because you're making the catches anyway. I mean, now we're getting into the really high expectations part of it, where he becomes inevitable. But but inevitability is is the best thing you can have in an offense. And I do and I, and I, and I I clarified this later, and I'll do it one more time here, just because. Um, You know, I I think I I didn't make it as clear as possible at the beginning of this conversation. When I say I want to see more from Terry McLaurin, it's not just a call-out of Terry McLaurin. Matter of fact, it it can't be a call-out of Terry McLaurin because he's really gosh-darn good and he's playing really gosh-darn well. It's a call-out to Scott Turner to make it a priority to get him the ball, and it's a call-out to Taylor Heineke to trust him, right? If he's making catches when the ball's not accurate, if he's making catches when he's covered... Trust him to make those plays, right? And I feel like last year there was a lot more of that from Heineke to McLaurin. So so part of that is, I mean, it's not all on him. I just want to, to like, it, it's the equivalent of this, right? We, we had the caller earlier that asked me why money mattered, and it's because, you know, you don't have unlimited amounts of it. So if you pay someone a lot of money, you need to get a lot of production out of them. I don't want to see a team pay a running back a ton of money. I'm personally of the theory that you should never pay a running back a ton of money, but if you're going to pay the running back a ton of money, you better give him the ball, right? You better give him 20 carries a game or else you're paying him all that money and not getting the value from it. So if you're paying Terry McLaurin as the ninth best receiver in the league, which he has the ninth highest average annual value per year on his contract you better do everything you possibly can to take advantage of that. You better get him the ball. You better draw up plays for him. You better watch film of how the, the Rams schemed open Cooper Cup last year. You better watch film of how the, the Bills scheme open Stephon Diggs and try to do the same things or else you're not getting the value. Let's go to one more caller here. Uh, Brandon in Waldorf has some thoughts on Terry as well. You can call in 1-800-636-1067. Brandon, thanks for calling in. What do you have?
3: Thanks for taking my call. I actually
1: agree with you 40,000%. I think that
3: asking for more from Terry is not a knock on Terry. I mean, you look at some of the great receivers in the game, they're going for 12, 13, 14 catches for 125, and Terry's giving us seven or eight for 104, whatever the case may be. That's not bad numbers. That's a good game. But to be better, to ask for him is not wrong. You just want more. Like, use him more. Let's take advantage of what we have while he's still young, injury-free, and in his trial. And, yes, that means the line has to protect better. Taylor has to get the ball out. Yes, they have to scheme him open. That's not a knock Terry. It's just what it is. Like, you, you got to get your playmaker the ball so they can make a
4: play.
1: There you go. And 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 that's exactly what I'm trying to say here. And and let, let me let me say this another way. And and I appreciate the call. Uh, call back at any time, Brandon, 1-800-636-1067. Uh, here's the thing, okay? If I'm I'm, I'm just going to randomly pick a wide receiver here, I am not doing this to be to be derogatory towards this receiver. If Corey Davis, okay? If Corey Davis was turning in Terry McLaurin numbers. Or uh let me let me just pick another here so I'm not just singling out. If if Nelson Aguilar was turning in Terry McLaurin numbers, I would never in my right mind consider asking those guys for more. I would be celebrating because they're not they're not Terry McLaurin. They're not as good. So the fact that I'm asking Terry for more is is you know, if you want to close one eye and squint with the other, it is A compliment. Might be hard to see, but it's in there somewhere. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan, one 800 636 106.7 is the call-in line. We have a bunch more calls to get to, and we'll do that coming up next. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan continuing on this Saturday. Keeping you updated, the second half has started. Kansas State still leading TCU 14-10. TCU started with the ball in the second half. Kansas State now has it, driving around midfield. And, again, the reason why I update you on that game is because if Kansas State wins, pure chaos in the college football playoff uh, selection with with TCU essentially being knocked out with the loss to Kansas State. So we'll see how it plays out. Uh, If if you know me, I'm rooting for chaos. Uh, I also want to go to the call-in line. A few things that that have been uh, discussed quite a bit today here on Overtime, one of which, Taylor Heineke. That was earlier on in the show, but Matthew's been very patient waiting on the call-in line. So we'll we'll go to Matthew right now. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Oh, Matthew dropped. Never mind, so we're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, How about we go to Felix, who's been waiting to talk about today's topics as well. Felix, 1-800-636-1067 is the call-in line. Felix, thanks for calling in. What do you have?
5: Okay, so I noticed uh, you've had a very engaging show, and uh, choice of words have gotten you into a bit of a predicament, so just to make
1: sure, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, know, sometimes I like to live dangerously.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Understandable, understandable. But as a fellow sports podcaster, sometimes I find myself saying something I didn't mean to say, so just to clarify what you were trying to say. Washington offered McLaurin the money. So, from what you're saying, McLaurin's a great player. And you did mention you didn't have the stats, after the stats, scoring a pro football focus. He's ranked number one in the NFL for contested catches. So, oh, there you go. Hey, make saying, me feel smart. So further, okay. So, further to the point that I'm trying to make, I think you were trying to make as well Terry McLaurin's a great player. You're not going to find Terry McLaurin, a Terry McLaurin style player, that easily. So, with that being said, if Washington is to give McLaurin the money that I do believe he is deserves, if, if, if that money's due to him, if Washington's going to keep him, they would have to draw the plays in such a manner that he can perform at his best. They would need a quarterback to deliver him the ball in, which, in the way in which he can receive it. Because the thing is, another caller mentioned, when he throw the ball in his direction, it's almost automatic contested or not. So with that being said, it's not so much that you need more out of McLaurin. You need the people around him to bring the best out of him. Because in terms of McLaurin, he's doing everything humanly possible. Like, for example, if Heineke throws a bad pass, he's not Mr. Fantastic. It's not Marvel Comics. He's not going to stretch his hand out 100 yards. You can't bring a ladder Mm -hmm. to a football field to catch something that's 100 feet over your head. I'm exaggerating the exact figures a little bit there, but you understand the point I'm making. So so what you're saying, I think probably what you meant to say is that the team should get the best out of McLaurin so he can do more. So he can be allowed to do more, more than saying he needs to, more than more so than saying he needs to pull more weight. Because I think he's doing everything he can.
1: Th- thank you very much for the call, and and there's a lot of nuance there, and 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 I appreciate it. So so thank you, Felix. But I also, yes, the 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 overarching answer to your question is yes. I need everybody to work together to get the best out of Terry McLaurin. Because you gave him that money, it, it should be the priority, right? You don't, give, you don't give someone that money and then not use them to the best of their abilities. But I'm also not completely excluding Terry. And, and it might not be – there might not be anything more he can do like in a contested catch situation to go make. But also, he carries weight inside that organization, right? And, and I started off – the very first thing I said about Terry McLaurin is he gets it right he he I have yet to see him say anything even one degree off right when he talks to the media, he says the right thing when I mean especially because he 's been through so many quarterback controversies situations, competitions, that is a minefield for a wide receiver right the every single media person, maybe not every single because I know there are a couple of us out there that aren 't looking to bait athletes into into. Clickbaity type answers, but there are a lot of media people out there that are trying to get you to say Carson Wentz can't do this or Taylor Taylor Heineke is that right? They just want you to say something bad, and and he's been he's been navigating them perfect. I do think you know there's a reason why the best wide receivers in the history of the world are are seen as divas, right? I want Terry to demand the ball. I want Terry to be as demanding of of. Uh, his people around him as I'm trying to be, right? I want him to go into the coach's office. I want him to go into Taylor's locker and say, hey, man, six targets, which and, – and I'll double-check this, but but I believe I was watching the game uh, – six targets against Atlanta, that's not enough, right? We we act like that's, that's a cardinal sin, right? We make fun of, uh, uh, you know, T.O. for saying, I love me some me – there's a reason why a lot of the good wide receivers are seen that way. Terry McLaurin had six targets, four catches, 48 yards against Atlanta. He should be in someone's face after that game. Now, now, best case scenario, let me let me walk this back just a tiny bit. Best case scenario is he doesn't have to do that, right? He gets 15 targets, he gets 10 targets, and he's happy with it. But if that doesn't happen... You're getting paid 20-plus million dollars. You're not just out there running routes and hoping you get the ball. Go force the issue. Hank in D.C. is on the call-in line. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. Hank, thanks for calling in. What do you have to say about the offense?
0: Hey, afternoon, man. Appreciate you having me on the overtime here. Of course. Hey, so uh, I just I want to make sure I'm not uh, saying stuff that's already been said here, but just to recap, we're on the same page that uh, getting more out of Terry is, is not necessarily something that's – it's on Terry's plate, right? This this could, in fact, not come down not a hundred percent. Yes,
1: there's a lot of yeah. Let me let me just clarify because this seems to be the point of contention for everybody. There are a lot of people involved in getting Terry the ball. Terry is one of them. I wouldn't put him number one on the list, but I, I'm not letting him completely off the hook. I want him demanding the ball. But yes, it's Scott Turner, it's Taylor Heineke, it's it's Ron Rivera, it's all the way up the list. But I do think there's more there for him to get. does, does that make sense, Hank?
0: Absolutely. And and I'm in agreement with you that that those are external factors that that Terry can't control. Maybe he can go up to Taylor's locker and say, hey, I need some more targets. But by and large, it's something that that is out of Terry's control. Now, the reason I'm calling in here, man, is because I think in order to to make a change here and get the production out of Terry that you want to see, you have to move away from what has got us four wins in a row and looking at a potential playoff berth here. Right. The run game is what is clicking for this commander's team. Scott Turner has Mm -hmm. found an identity for this offense, and it doesn't have to run through Terry McLaurin. And it's beautiful. We talk a lot about the money and the value that you get for Terry and why you think that he may not be producing what he's being paid. And I'll tell you what, they're double teaming Terry, right? They're putting coverages on there to make sure that Terry doesn't get the ball. And that's opening up other people on the field. It's a thing of beauty, and Scott Turner is running this offense through people that's not Terry, and if you start to force it and have different expectations and want higher production out of him, start forcing the ball to Terry, right? Start throwing into double coverage more often. I think you're going to start to go back to this air raid offense for the Washington team that doesn't work when you have Taylor at command, man. So that's all I had to say. Um, appreciate you taking my call. Hank, f-
1: fantastic call. One of the best ones we've had all day. And there is some truth to it. Um, there's actually a lot of truth to it, right? Uh, you know, everybody loves the the 49 carries that they had against Philadelphia, which which is, you know, what led to the upset that everybody got really excited for. And, and and I get that. But let's not forget when they had 49 carries against Philadelphia, what else did they have? 11 targets, 8 catches, 128 yards for Terry McLaurin. I'm fine with pounding the ball with the run, but when you do that, make sure you're taking care of McLaurin whenever you, you do throw it, right? That, that Philadelphia game, they ran the ball almost 50 times. 50. 49 carries. 26 for Brian Robinson by himself. 128 yards for Terry McLaurin. Right? It's it's not an either-or situation there, but that was a great call. Thank you very much, Hank. Uh, we'll get to more of your calls throughout the show, so keep them coming. 1-800-636-1067. That's one 800 636 1067. Matter of fact, let's talk about Brian Robinson when we come back, right? He had those 26 carries against Philly and he had his first 100 plus yard rushing game last week. One of the best stories of the year and the breakdown of how he got there coming up next. Hey, it's overtime on 1067 the fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. The Brian Robinson story is one of the best stories of the year. We can all agree on that, right? Just a couple weeks before the season shot in an attempted robbery all the way up through getting his first 100 yard plus rushing game last week straight into the my cause my cleats week where he gets to wear cleats that that say end gun violence i mean it's i was actually talking to a friend about this uh can brian robinson be the comeback player of the year as a rookie (laughs) because if so he has to have it locked up right can he be the comeback player of the year in his first year in the NFL? Like, he's he's coming back from something that happened preseason. Either way, it's one of the best stories of the year. Averaging 58 yards per game, uh, coming off his first 100-plus-yard rushing game, like we mentioned. Not to even bring up the fact that that guy made a ton of money for whoever owns that big hat company. I mean, with with – it was perfect timing right late november he runs for 100 plus yards he wears a goofy giant like hat thing and and christmas is right around the corner people are looking for joke gifts that big hat company brian robinson should get it some equity although i know you don't give it away i watch shark tank but i do think it's important to remember that washington uh they need that whole backfield right they miss jd mckissick little bit of explosion there. Antonio Gibson is the guy that can catch it out of the backfield. They, they, they need the entire backfield. Now, I'm not knocking Brian Robinson. And don't get me started on that. But, right, I, I said some things that, that I actually think were kind of positive about Terry McLaurin, and everybody accused me of hating on him. Uh, but, but Brian Robinson alone, right, 26 carries against the, the Eagles, as we talked about before the break, is a ton of carries, and they still had 23 other carries to give everyone else. They ended with 49. Right, he is a bruiser. He is a downhill back. He is a big back. Uh, you know, what, a couple of my buddies like to joke that they're waiting for him to turn because he gets going downhill and it's just straight ahead. Although he is, he's made a, a few more shifty moves as of late. Early in the season, it was very much the train is on the tracks. It's not turning. If you get on the tracks, you're getting you're getting popped. But Antonio Gibson is still a big part of this offense. Brian Robinson is great, but at this point in his career, he's specific right? He has a role. I, I, 3.7 yards per carry, actually, for both him and Antonio Gibson, right? It, it is, if you're going to depend on the running game and you are not going to have a a home run hitter, right? A Saquon, a, a, you know, I don't know why this is the home run hitter that always pops into my head when I say that, but a Chris Johnson in Tennessee, right? If you're not going to have someone that can take it 60, if you're going to depend on guys to go four, five, seven, Three, two, six yards at a time. You're gonna need to RBBC it, right? Running back by committee, because you just can't give someone the ball thirty times <laughs> in a half. So Brian Robinson, hundred-plus yard rushing game. I mean, it, it, it's awesome, and I want to keep. I want to keep allowing him to develop. I want to see what he can do, but I don't want to forget about Antonio Gibson. That's that's just the point I'm making, and I want to allow Brian Robinson to continue being the best story in the NFL. And I don't know if it's allowed, but I want to vote for him for Comeback Player of the Year. I want him to be the first rookie to win Comeback Player of the Year. Put him on the ballot. And if he's not, start a campaign, write him in. Uh, Let's go back to some conversations we were having earlier today. Frank in Silver Springs on the call in line. I'm getting that he wants to talk about Heineke and Snyder. We talked about both earlier today. I'm fascinated to see how Frank's going to combine the two. You can call in as well, 1-800-636-1067. That's 1-800-636-1067. Frank in Silver Spring, thank you for calling in. What do you have for us?
5: Thanks for taking my call. I I know the conversation moved on a little bit, but um, just briefly, um, in both cases, the ceiling for the team is Mm -hmm. maybe making the playoffs, maybe a win in the, the first round, and that's it. As long as Snyder's the owner, as long as Heineke is the quarterback, like we're, we're not going to get past that. And, and that's just and, the and way is that, it is. Is that like, not enough for you? No. That's not the goal, okay. right? That's, I mean, no, it's about, definitely like, not like what every NBA coach says at the beginning of the season. like The, the goal isn't to make the playoffs.
1: The, right? So, no. you know, at any rate, thanks for taking I, my call. I, I, pre- I, I appreciate the call. Uh, call back in any time, Frank. Here, here's the, the the thing. There are two different trains of thought on that that respect right uh it's it's um it's kind of funny i have a guy in in the business who i i know um went from covering a very successful nba team to covering a not very successful nba team just moved uh Moved locations, right? Took another job, moved cities, whatever, whatever. And he showed up to the place where a not successful NBA team was, and they've not been successful for decades. And he was covering the team in the same way he covered the very successful team that he was covering previously. And the fan base really lashed out at him. Right, they were really saying, "Listen, you don't understand. You don't talk down on first-round playoff appearances. Here, we haven't had that even in years." Right? If if you you talk down on first-round playoff appearances, you're talking down on the best teams we've rooted for in our lives. So, I just wanted to. The reason I said, "Like, is that not enough for you?" Is you have to go back to 2005 to find a, a time when Washington got out of the wild card round and they lost in the divisional round. Right and and Joe Gibbs was the coach, so it's been a minute, right? thousand six till now they haven't made it out of the wild card round. So I just wanted to make sure, like, if the ceiling with Heineke is winning a playoff game, I just want to make sure we're aware that that t- says the ceiling for Heineke is making it further than Washington has made it since two thousand and five. Now I'm I'm of the belief, and always have been of the belief that with in a league with thirty two teams. Every year you should try to win the Super Bowl. We see teams go from worst to first too often for you not to try. And then, you know, as the season goes along, you can adjust your expectations and and your plan. But, you know, this isn't like the the, mega millions where one in 389 billion trillion quadrillion chances. This is one in 32 if you play your cards right. So I'm with you. If you think there's a ceiling on Heineke, then this offseason you try to move on that's 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 part of the evaluation process let's go back to the call in line chris in maryland has some thoughts on our terry mclaurin conversation earlier chris thank you for calling in what do you have to say about uh about terry it looks like you have an interesting comparison
6: right well i'm just we're trying to figure out the mindset of rivera the gm and sometimes with the money but you know thinking mm-hmm. about it the all look offense was born out of necessity just that first play move of the game and so you have to work with what you have so mm-hmm. whatever that is Terry's not Willie Galt. it's not Steve Smith <laughs> but um, he's extremely valuable and and so that the money's not necessarily the factor here but you can if you look back at his uh, Rivera's um Choices there, although he wasn't the head picker like he is now. uh, You can kind of see, but 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 some of that money is based on what you, a known commodity. I wouldn't have picked Mm -hmm. two better players than Allen and mccorn to play pay first because they are going to be they are the leaders, and they do that in the grand It's a a great point, Chris. So so
1: I I just want to be clear: you're kind of comparing what what. Uh, Rivera was doing in, in Carolina to what he's doing now in Washington, and then or you're the saying he's picking the cap culture guys? what
6: percentages of mm-hmm. the cap. You kind of, on offense, you kind of got to look at it with what you have. What's talent? The talent. With defense, you've got some, some fixed fortifications that, <laughs> and that's more of a unit. That's a specific piece on offense.
1: Chris, vary. I, I, I appreciate it's the call, into... and, and there's something I want to jump in. We're up against it here. And okay, I all respond, right. Thank so. you. Thank you for the call. I'll call back at any time. Um, real quickly here, I, I want to second what you said about everything I've heard about Allen and McLaurin are guys you want in the locker room, and and they're leaders and their 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 faces of the franchise and that sort of thing. But I also want to. It's it's not an either or. It's not you find someone that is great leader in culture and locker room or a great player. You can find guys that are both, and that's the sweet spot. That's what you're looking for, and I want those guys to both be that. It appears as if they, they are very close to if they're not already that way, but but you know I want number one production at wide receiver and number one production in the culture. I want number one production at defensive end and number one production as a leader. That's how you end up. You know, conference champion, Super Bowl, Super Bowl champion type stuff. Uh, It is 106.7 The Fan. This is Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly, and we'll be back to wrap it up. Coming up next. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Tim Donnelly. We're actually nearing the end of Overtime here, getting ready to pass things over to CBS Sports Radio, but – If you have some more uh, conversation you want to have, we could always just move this bad boy along to Twitter. Go ahead and follow me at Donnelly Sports, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S, we can keep this rolling as, as aggressively or as cordially as you want. I mean, that's what Twitter's for, right? I don't have to tell you that. Uh, before we start wrapping things up, and I want to put some bows on some conversations, time up nicely, uh, let's go to Paulie. Uh, Paulie's on the call in line, 1 800 636 1067. He has some comments on, on a few of the topics we've been discussing. So, Paulie, thank you for calling in. Take it away.
4: Jim, how you doing, man? Hail to the W.
1: <laughs> there we go. Hey, what do you got for
4: us? Hey, I, hey, I want to real quick, man. I want to say that um, I don't care about Terry's money or Jonathan Allen or case Jones' injuries or, or sweat contract <laughs> or what we do. All I know is we won six or seven games. For the first time in a long time, we in the hunt, and it's not a fluke. You know, this team is built with a good defense, you know, solid running game. You know, we can actually do things, man. I mean, did anybody predict the uh, Tennessee Titans to make it to the AFC Championship game a couple years back with Henry and and, and Tannehill? And I even take it back to 07. Yeah, and this would tease me about a lot of these fans when they talk about Heineke. You know, 07, we had a noodle-arm quarterback named Ty Collins. But everybody in the world <laughs> believed that we was going to make a playoff run because we had one of Joe Jackson Gibbs as the head coach. You know, so, you know, we got the same type quarterback now. He's he just about three, four inches shorter than Todd Collins. All I know is, 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 is something going on with this team where they're coming together, they're playing good football, and we got our destiny in our own hands. And like I said, all you got to do is get in. All you got to do is get in and anything can happen. So. I don't care about a ceiling or a contract or, or how many receptions Terry's getting or, or you know what I mean? none of that matters. All that matters is tomorrow we line up against the New York Giants for the opportunity to put a nail put, to, to, to put one nail in their coffin. That's what that's what all you matters. You know what, is. Paulie?
1: Paulie, I, I, I love it. I love it. Call back in anytime one eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Let's uh, let's let's put it put it out there, right? We overanalyze. We do. We one hundred percent overanalyze. If you want to sit back, you know, I I, t- I talk about this. This is how I describe it. When, right? I played college football. I, I don't know how many of you know that. I played at the University of Delaware. Played quarterback. Um, there's a very very different way I watch football. Pre, like studying it for for six years of my life aggressively learning coverages and all that sort of stuff, and then post right. If you're watching and you're just, you're just there to follow the ball, right, you're just, hey, look at that, oh, touchdown, hey, that's great. Just If you're winning and you're happy, that's awesome. But then there is another subset of people, and I think this is a large group, that want to know the, the hows and the whys. And that's what, that's what I'm trying to, trying to bring to you, right? Let's say you've won 6-7, which you have. I mean, the, the Washington Commanders, they've won 6-7. They play New York, New York, San Fran, Cleveland, and Dallas. That is not an easy run. Giants, Giants, Niners, Browns, Cowboys. That's what you have. So you win six of seven. What happens if you don't win the next couple? Or, or if you're looking for reasons why you – or obstacles you need to overcome to win the next couple. That's what I'm trying to provide, right? And how, and how about this? If you're a fan that's just interested in wins and losses, do you want to win this year? Or do you want to win consistently, Right? Do you want to be a team that, that flies up to, to, to the playoffs for a year and then goes back into the background? Or do you want to be a team that flies up into the playoffs and stays there and becomes a stalwart, becomes a consistent winner? That's, that's what I'm trying to point out. So I hear you when you're like, hey, why, why are you having detailed conversations? We've won six of our last seven. I'm, I'm going to focus on that number. You do that. That's following the ball. Right. That's that's just watching, uh, you know, for the commercials in the Super Bowl. That's fun. That's great. I don't knock anyone for it. You're having a great time. Do you? But at the same time, if if I can, you know, parse through and, and all right, the ball's in the air. Let me see what the offensive line is doing or the balls in the air going to a guy on the right. There's an open wide receiver on the left. Why didn't they find that? That's that's, you know, sometimes the good stuff. (laughs) <laughs> that's sometimes the good stuff. All right. I want to put a bow on the Terry McLaurin conversation real quickly here. Uh, Terry McLaurin's a monster. He's very good. I trust him. They need to get more out of him. It's not all on Taylor. Sorry. It's not all on Terry. It's not all on Taylor either. A lot, a lot of it's on Taylor. Lots on Scott Turner, the play caller. Right? That That's – if you're going to make someone the ninth highest paid wide receiver in the league, you need to get the ninth or actually eighth that best value out of wide receivers. That's That's – I mean economics, right? I took a couple, couple economics classes in college. I understand a very base level of it. Uh, and then also, looking at this team, looking at this team beat New York tomorrow. <laughs> it's important, right? It's about the six inches in front of your face. The, the the sport is a game of inches. Make it happen, right? The tomorrow is a big, big game on the road against the Giants, and it's really only the first half of the next game, right? Set yourself up to win after the bye when New York comes to Washington. That sounds that that sounds beautiful. That sounds beautiful. I also want to remind everybody that if you have something you heard today and you want to continue the conversation then I'm more than willing to hear from you. Just hit me up on Twitter at Donnelly Sports. That's D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y-S-P-O-R-T-S. Overtime on 106.7 The Fan. You can find all of the 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 shows, uh, whether it was uh, Danny Noakes who was doing it earlier, myself doing it now. You can find that all on the podcast page. We encourage you to check that out. Follow, uh, follow the station on Twitter. Thank you to Caitlin back at the station, the producer who, uh, who handled all of the callers and, and, and handled all the moving parts behind the scene. And, and most importantly, thank you to all of you for listening, participating in the conversation. It's always fun to go back and forth. CBS Sports Radio is coming up next right here on 106.7 The Fan. Uh, I'll be back next Saturday, same time, 12 to 3. I hope to hear from many of you. Until then, have a great week, everybody.